focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Are you ready for a new series? Let's go all the way to 1 Peter chapter 5. This series is called Star Wars. We love to borrow or leverage certain elements from the culture. Why Star Wars? Star Wars is the name of a very popular series of movies started in the 1970s. George Lucas, one of the most successful producers of all time. Actually, the highest grossing um, movie series of all times. That's Star Wars. right? Generated billions and billions of dollars over those 40 going on 50 years. And the general idea behind Star Wars is that this other planet, this other galaxy, far, far away, there's a series of activities that go on there. That many of them are paranormal or supernormal or extra, uh, extra normal, supernatural. And basically, they had a way of galvanizing what they call the force to leverage whatever it is they wanted to do. You could learn, you could become skillful in engaging the force. So there was a line, may the force be with you right um but that's like fallen perverted uh version of the reality the reality is just like star wars the actually worlds beyond what your eyes can see beyond what your hands can touch beyond what you're familiar with that they are also extra natural forces that you can learn to engage and so the series is really about spiritual warfare uh, territorial influence and dominion through spiritual warfare so i want to encourage you to please pay attention with your minds one of the things that will happen is that certain tables will be shaken many of us will learn to see god as he is to see ourselves as we are and see the devil as he is we will not see god less than he is we will not see the devil more than he is and we will not see ourselves worse than we are if the enemy is able to convince you not to see god as he is you will not know how good and how powerful he is if he gets you not to see himself for what he is that this devil you will think is stronger than he is and if you don't get to see yourself the way god says you will know how strong and powerful god has made you in christ jesus so the skills will fall off your eyes in the name of jesus and you will have clarity. In the earlier service, we exposed certain things about the devil. So please take a listen to that because I will not be able to uh, exhaust or even um, give you the full gist of that. But I'm going to give you enough to be able to transit from that point into the essentials that you need to know in terms of the strategies of the devil and the tactics of the devil. First Peter chapter 5, let's read from verse 5 through 11. Can I get a signal from the mainland from someone to uh, let let us know that the mainland guys are in tune and in sync. Let's read together for time's sake. We'll read an account of three to one. Therefore, humble yourselves. Sorry, let's start from verse five, actually. Verse five, that's key. Submission. Verse five, media of First Peter chapter five and verse five. Likewise, you younger people. Submit yourselves to your elders. Let's go together. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed. It's grace to the humble. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? 
Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let's go to verse 9. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And verse 11. To him be the glory and dominion. Write this down. Spiritual victories start with submission. Spiritual victories don't start with aggression. It's not initial gra-gra. Right? It's initial grace-grace. Because I said, God is able to make grace abound towards you. Right? And it calls him the God of all grace. So spiritual warfare starts with submission. So in this series, all of us are being called to a new level of submission. Submitting to the will of God. Submitting to the mantles of God. Submitting to the agenda of God. Submitting to God's perspective on spiritual warfare. Because many of us, our induction into the, war, into the martial arts of the spirit was wrong. We were induced or inducted based on fear. So unfortunately, many believers are still afraid of the devil. Is there anybody who's been in a meeting, a ministry, a church, or a family before where almost everything, it was the devil doing it? Come on, anybody. Talk to me right now. If something beats you, ah, satanic cockroach. If the lights went, ah, the devil has taken lights. If you tripped, ah, I'm tripping for the devil. Right. So many of us have the idea that it's all about the devil, all about the devil, all about the devil. But when you look at the epistles, the writers, Paul and the other disciples who wrote, they wrote from the premise of identity and authority before they dealt with the issue of adversary and adversity. Somebody needs to write that down somewhere. Esteem identity and authority over adversaries and adversity. What does that mean? The primary emphasis of the New Testament believer is who I am in Christ based on what Christ has done and who Christ is in me based on what he is doing now. Are we here now? So before I start talking about the devil, this devil, that, that, I must understand the finished work first. So look at the epistles before the prophet or the writers would address spiritual opposition or resistance. He will start first by addressing who they were in Christ. So Romans chapter 1, he's going to be speaking about what God had done, the fallen nature of man, the redemptive work of man. Chapter 2, the perversion. Chapter 3, the gift of righteousness and salvation. It takes that all the way to chapter 6. Before he begins to talk about give the devil no place in chapter 13. 1 Corinthians is dealing with relationships in the church and all of that. He does not bring spiritual warfare till chapter 10. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, are we here? Ephesians speak about, speaks about the finished work of Jesus Christ raised above all principles and past in chapter 1. Chapter 2, chapter 3 is talking about relationships and fellowships in the house. Then speaks about parents in chapter 4. He deals with spiritual warfare in chapter 6. So it's important, but it's not your priority. 
your priority is not to address look at what it says concerning the devil look at what it says concerning the devil give us give verse uh, nine he says that he roars he goes about like a roaring lion he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom verse i think chapter eight then walks around like a roaring lion verse eight yeah like a roaring lion so what's the devil doing no no what's he doing walking about Walking about, what do we see the position of the believer as in Ephesians 2 verse 6? Ephesians 2, give it to us. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Many of us know it, but I like people seeing it. You know, there's something about seeing. And raised us up together and made us sit where? Together where? In the heavenly soul. What's the believer doing? There's, a, there's a, a message I'm going to preach called Postures of Power about four Sundays from now. So there's a place to stand. There's a time to sit. There's a time to walk, run, right? But the primary position of the believer, watch this. In chapter 2, chapter 2, he said that the believer is what? Seated. Who's walking about? Why do many believers make it seem as if it's the devil that is seated and they should be the ones walking about? So they make it look as if the devil is one chilled guy. Hmm, my guy. How far bring the reports? How many liters of blood have you sucked today? No, he's the one that is troubled. I'm the one who is seated. Oh, come on, somebody give me a witness in God. Are they streaming? Come on, mainland, can you shout if you know that you are seated? Remain on your seat, but shout, I am seated with Christ. If I shout, I am seated in Christ. Somebody shout, I'm seated in Christ. I'm not seated with him, oh. I'm seated inside him. Look at your neighbor, say, this is the real inside life. inside life because Paul says when Christ who is our life shall appear so if any man is in Christ that person is inside come on if you're inside life come and look at your neighbor shout inside life when I look to my right, life. My left, life. In front of me, life. Behind me, life. Under me, life. Above me, life. Guess what? It's not life that is chopping me. I am chopping. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. For some of you are like, but the dollar is almost a thousand. Well, you always win. So God will open an inflow for you in foreign currency. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not tired, but I've got the currency. Some of y'all don't know what it is. There's a Fuji artist called Tire Currency. High five. Your neighbor say, I'm seated in Christ. So we have to submit to that reality. I'm not the one running kitty kata, kitty kitty kata kata. I'm not trying to bamba. I'm already chilling with the biggest boy. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Come on. Because I said, seated where? So anytime the enemy is releasing a new episode of his satanic series, start from a place of sitting. Yes, there's a place to stand in chapter 6. But you will not stand right if you don't sit well. Sitting means I am not the one bearing the weight of my position. The weight of my position is on the person I'm sitting in. Has anybody ever lapped somebody? Look at your neighbor and say, who you been lapping? Who have you been, who have you been lapping? Look at your neighbor. Say the fact that they said you should run the race does not mean you should end up with the last lap. Send me my white paper here. Are we here now? I love the look in your face. <laughs> Is that okay for me? <laughs> Is that okay? So we got to be seated. Now, unfortunately, many of us approach the enemy agitated. And because we approach the enemy agitated, we are already giving him the idea that we don't know that we already have the victory. Listen. In the question of God, the fact that you were not in the battle does not mean you'll be excluded from the proceeds. Because we see David is a type of the kingdom. It's good to see you, Macaulay, Mr. Macaulay. Right? David is a, is a picture of the kingdom. He's prophet, he's king, he's priest. And one of the things that we see is that they went to battles, and when they went to battle, they divided the spoil not only with those who went to battle, but with those who were left behind. So the victory that God has given to us, how many of you have been to Golgotha before? Sir, I say, where are you going? Say, I'm going out. I enter where are you going? Ah, number three, Golgotha Lane. Never been there. <laughs> right? You've not been to Nazareth. You were not there, but you know what was done there is still valid for you. So when we approach a spiritual so- uh, software, <laughs> warfare, we've got to start seated look at your neighbor say i'm not sure what you're going through but sit down first you remember in mark chapter 6 when they didn't have enough bread he said he commanded the people to what sit plt will tell you that sometimes when people are just acting funny and everything like let everybody just calm down first because you know sometimes when you're not seated you have a tendency to exaggerate the enemy you have a tendency to exaggerate the enemy and underrate yourself. So flip it in your mind. Whenever the enemy is bringing demonic drama, dark episodes, opposition, crisis, guess who's agitated? Not me. Somebody said, not me. He's the one who's agitated. And so when we said the hustle is real, which is the title for today's teaching, the hustle is real. That hustle is not you. You are not the one hustling, no. Uh-huh. You're not the one hustling. It's the enemy trying to hustle you. And when you see the definitions, I saw it earlier, media, can you give us the definitions of hustle? When you see the typical uh, definitions of hustle, then you know that you cannot be the one hustling. This is so tiny. They want to use the eyes of faith to read it. So hustle means to push roughly, to jostle. It means to obtain certain things by illicit means. It means 
to rob somebody or cheat somebody or to accumulate something by breaking the typical rules. That's really what hustle is. And it became more popular in contemporary times because of many of the patterns in the hip-hop culture and in the hood. Anybody been to the hood before? Don't be disappointed by what you see on television. I was in New York. I've been to New York a few times. Not too many times, just a few times. But every time I've been to New York, I've found places that looked just as bad as Lagos. Anybody been to New York? Yeah. Be proud of your travels. Right? Place, did you see like cigarette stubs and stuff by the road and people sleeping homeless, right? Very close. So it's disgusting. Very close to, there's a major publishing house. What's the major publishing house? Around the Fifth Street or something. Yep. New York Times. Very close to New York Times. New York, you're going to see people sleeping on the road at night, homeless. But that's not even the hood hood. It's not going to Brooklyn. Queens. There are no kings and queens. But I need to take kings to Queens. I don't know who's going to be the pastor in Kings, New York. <laughs> Someone raise their hand. Are you here? But we're going to go to the nations. Amen. Now, when you go into the hinterlands and you go into Brooklyn or Queens or some other places in the wild, wild west, you're going to see the hustle culture. And some of you have seen those movies, right? Like some of the boys in the hood. I remember Baby Boy and some other uh, black African-American movies, particularly from the nights, early 2000s. Anybody saw all those movies with Tyrese in them and 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying or uh, Eminem, 8th Mile, all those kind of movies. The hustle culture. That's the hustle culture. These guys, they did not have like a steady, predictable source of income. They had to drop stuff on the streets so they could pimp their sisters to get money to buy crack. Are you also quiet? So that is not the picture of the believer. That is the picture of the devil. And what the devil is trying to do is the devil is trying to rob you of your divine possessions. That also lets you know something. John chapter 10 verse 10. He said the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So whenever the enemy brings his hustle around you, it means that you have something worth stealing. It means you have something worth killing. And you have something worth destroying. So if it's valuable enough to be attacked, you must treasure it enough to protect it. This is the premise for your engagement in the spirit. That if the enemy is trying to steal from me, Cooper, even when I feel like I have nothing, that means that he has seen something in the spirit that is a treasure of great worth. Oh, Lord, open our eyes, enlighten our eyes to see the deep deposits of your grace, the riches of your glory, the beauties and the bounties of your blessing in us. Look at your neighbor, say you're richer than you think. Say you have the riches of God's glory. The enemy wants to kill. That means that with that brokenness you're going through, there's still life in you. He wants to destroy. That means something is still working in your life. Can we just honor and celebrate God for everything that is working, everything that is going on smoothly in our lives?
What are the three major things? That's awesome. And may the voice of rejoicing never cease from your homes. You are valuable. When the enemy came after your sexuality, it's because your sexuality is valuable. When the enemy came after your finances, it's not the money he's looking for. It's what that money represents in the hands of a believer. Because money in the hands of a believer is not the same thing as money in the hands of an unbeliever. Money in the hands of an unbeliever will cater to natural needs that end here. Money in the hands of a believer will create room for God to operate in the lives of people. So how does it do this? He has to use high level warfare. Somebody say high level warfare. Please. Come and look for five people. Tell them there is something. There's a valuable treasure in you. Valuable treasure. So the enemy uses two major levels of hustle. (laughs) Say hustle. Two major levels. Number one is strategic. Number two is tactical. The same thing you see in warfare. There are two aspects of warfare. There's strategic and there's tactical. (laughs) Are we ready? To go a little deeper. Is that okay? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And take it from verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2 from verse 10. That can mean that I'm so boring. Do you think that could mean so? You're just tired, right? Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully to which one? (laughs) Are you getting it? Your body just nets up. Okay. All right. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 2.10. All right. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Verse 11. So he's speaking about forgiveness and letting go. Why is he talking about? Don't forget what I said. Your victory starts with what? Well, that's the position. Submission. That's the disposition. Right? The, the position is where you occupy. The disposition is how you are. Submission to the will and mandate of God. So, he's saying, this forgiveness matter, there's a consequence if I don't forgive. Verse 11. He said, lest what happens, Satan should take advantage of us. Hey. For we are not ignorant of his devices hmm. we'll look at weapons later maybe today or another time depending on how we work with time how many of you have always wondered why is there so much offense in the world have you wondered everywhere if you go to church you can be offended in church I hope you know that your family you can be offended you know, say, I, even, I don't even like this in my family. Let me go and start my own. That's by marriage. <laughs> and how many of you know that you can be offended in a family where you are the head or the neck or the spine? Come on, talk to me. What is the devil trying to get at? What he is trying, don't be quick, guys, to remove the scripture. 
You can remove it after a while, but don't be quick because I like people seeing the word. Look at him and see you must see the word. He said, lest, the, lest Satan, he calls him Satan, take advantage of us. Now, he didn't say, lest Satan be stronger than us. Because what many of us have been taught is that the devil is stronger than us. The devil has some power, but I will tell you where the powers are. The devil does not have the power a believer has because the power a believer has is the power of God. Everybody show your power. Another one. Again, again. It's a miracle. Who remembers that? The devil doesn't have the power to defeat you. But how many of you know that you can be walking along this place and even though this stage has no power to defeat you, you know you can trip over it. Have you ever fallen over a cable? Cable that you can lift, that you can burn, right? Have you fallen? So the enemy, watch this, does not look to be stronger than you, but he wants to take advantage of you. Someone needs to get this. That's what he wants to do. Now in online marketing or funnel marketing, who's familiar with some funnel marketing, online marketing? If you're not, you need to build because that's going to be the only kind of marketing in a few years. Well, the predominant one. So for a funnel basically means that you're guiding people through a series of steps, buying decisions. So it starts with an opt-in page. You know an opt-in page? Fill your name and email address. Right, an opt-in page, people come into your database and then you fire off an autoresponder. Am I teaching email marketing? I want you guys to understand. How many of you have gotten that you filled your name somewhere and then, hello, Rosemond, you have, thank you for subscribing to blah, blah, blah. How even does someone, before you leave that page, once your name goes through, they'll be like, we have a special offer, $7, or buy my ebook, 1200 It's called a tripwire. That's a low-cost product, service. A downloadable material. It's called a tripwire. Now, a tripwire is actually a military thing, but it's actually natural. That's like, if you're fighting enemies around a field, you can go there and plant landmines in those fields. That's one way. You go subtly, you plant landmines. They don't know there are landmines there. As they are running and stepping on it, they trip over it and explode. Or you can plant tripwires. And a tripwire is a very thin wire. Many times you can't even see it. It's almost invisible. And they plant it there. And guess what? Even though the opponent or the enemy has a bazooka. And has a grenade. You can catch a grenade for you. And has weapons of war. If you don't see the tripwire. How many of you know you can follow your grenade? Are you following this? So the enemy plants tripwires to cause believers to trip on themselves. Oh my God. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Because if I can turn you into a weapon against you, that means I have recruited you to help me defeat you. <laughs> somebody say lord i receive i receive i receive say revelation i receive i receive say i receive impartation 
Is anybody getting this now? So two things. Number one, strategy. In the Greek, one of the words for opponent or fighter or general or prince, one of the words, is strategos. It means the one who designs plans. Strategies talk about the warfare plans, the battle plans. It's called the war room. Anybody familiar with the term war room? Now, what happens in the war room? You're not going to find guns in the war room. You're not going to find bombs in the war room. You're not going to find tripwires in the war room. What are you going to find? Minds in the war room. Brain. Plans. Thoughts in the war room. So when strategists, when Paul teaches spiritual warfare, he said, casting down what? imaginations pulling down stronghold I said bringing every thought captivity so you don't win the devil by trying to avoid tripwires you win the devil by knowing how he thinks oh my word I wish I, I wish I could get somebody right now this is the reason the devil fights teaching ministries he does not he see he can accommodate your prophecies because you can get the miracle and get stuck in the miracle because as long as you don't know how it thinks you keep looking for bread and fish so they saw miracles in the desert but they were still rebellious against God because they didn't know how the devil thought Are you getting this now? Thank you, Glory. And thank you, Ken, for marrying a good woman and bringing her into the house. Women, marry into this house. Don't say it's like a brother to me. Abiola Daniel, are they your sisters alone? David, there is sister to you. Tammy, you have a car now. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, what happens, Emanuela, is most believers are spending their lives trying to avoid tripwires. Conscious. Why is life so difficult? Whereas if you understand the operations of the devil, you can avoid entire minefields and not fall on yourself or trip on yourself. So we're going to talk about things like the nature of God, the nature of man, the nature of the devil. Let me give an example of one of the natures of man. As long as you're on earth, you will always have lost. It's the nature of man. It's not about whether I prayed well or I didn't pray well. Pray and fasten give you control to bring your body under subjection. Paul never says, I have abandoned my body. So I beat my, it's my body, but I'll beat it. Are we here now? So the plans of the enemy, they are warfare. Many of us think warfare, let me, let me, let me, let me just help you now. Many people think that warfare is, mm, mm, mm. at 2 a.m. you're hearing that, mm, yeah. It's a boom, a boom, a boom, a boom, a boom. 
That's Nollywood. That's not warfare. <laughs> Someone said I'm extra, but thankfully I'm not Panadol. Panasmart. Even though I'm not Panasonic, but I've still got the speed and the light because I move at the speed of light. I don't want to get to a panoramic. I don't want to get into Blu-ray because Blu-ray. All right. That's Nollywood. That stuff is Nollywood. It's a theatrical interpretation. Now, do those kind of manifestations happen? Yes. But those things, they are not spiritual warfare in that regard. Why? In Galatians 5, when Paul thinks, speaks to us about the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh, let's look at it, Galatians 5, where it speaks about the works of the flesh. You can give it to us from about verse 18. Let me show you something so you can, you can really get what I'm saying. Media. I think that there's, because of what the partition, there's an interference. Are you guys there? Can you, can you give us Galatians 5? Okay, if, whilst they're trying to get it, let me read for us. It says now, so he speaks about spiritual warfare in chapter 5 as well. Stand fast and all of that. That's a position, that's a posture. Stand fast in the liberty world which Christ has made you and do not again be entangled. The works of the flesh. But see what it says from around verse 19, thank you. Now the works of the flesh are what? Evident. Which are adultery. That's adults playing lottery with people's bodies. Adult lottery. I'll eat you as you eat me. That's adultery. That's tete a tete. From... Do you get it? From tete a tete. That's like small talk to small chops. Send me my white paper. Don't let the small talk lead you into becoming. That's it. Now the works of the flesh are evident. If there's anybody struggling with those patterns, you're going to be free. Completely delivered. Which are what? adultery and fornication and uncleanness and lewdness continue idolatry and whose tradition says witchcraft there's a tradition that says witchcraft sorcery NIV says what witchcraft so witchcraft is not spiritual warfare Witchcraft is a walk of the flesh. So Nollywood has spent 30 years glorifying a walk of the flesh. And distracting you from the real warfare. The real warfare is not... It's cold or not. In the middle of the sun. Give me the whistle, the flutes. Put white chalk around patients or call and Peter Ducci. Please listen. 
<laughs> the real warfare is in the strategic realm. Because if you don't understand how the enemy thinks, you, God forbid, the person does not understand how the enemy thinks, the person will become a weapon of war in the hands of the devil. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions. So what's the strategy? The strategy are the thinking patterns, the thought patterns, the philosophies, the ideologies, the high-level thinking. And those high-level thinking systems, they are based on territories. So every environment, listen please, please listen. Let me show you something. Let's go to John. Let's, let's look at John. Let's look at John. John. Let's look at, let's look at, let's look at John. John 12, 31. We can start from verse 30. John 12. Let's start from verse 30. Verse 30, please. 3 0. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Let me show you something else. Is anybody getting something? Is your mind shifting already? So see that judgment. The enemy, there are three levels of defeat that the devil is going to chop. As in, God has given you a three-cause victory. God has given you a three-cause victory. Are we there? What's the first level of his defeat? The devil was defeated. You can write this down. We didn't have time in the service to look through, but look at Ezekiel 18, 12, sorry, Ezekiel 28, 12 to 17. That's important. Ezekiel 28, 12 to 17. Isaiah 14, 12. To 15. When he fell, when it was cast down from heaven, and then we see this in Luke chapter 10, verse 18 to 19, Jesus said, He can give us that media. Jesus said, I saw the devil fall like lightning from heaven. Now, when you go to Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, he describes what happened about pride being found in him. Iniquity was found in him. He was deceived. He became, sorry, was not deceived. He became proud. He deceived himself, right? Because if I say he was deceived, that sounds like somebody else was responsible. He was responsible for that. And the word says that it was perfect in beauty. But then when it was cast down, his wisdom became perverted. So the enemy still has wisdom. But it's satanic wisdom. Now, if you didn't have wisdom, Paul would never teach that you should cast down imaginations. Because wisdom has to do with thoughts, with plans, with blueprints, with ideas, with an agenda. Are we here? He was cast down, but Jesus said, Luke 10, 18 to 19. Behold, I saw the devil fall. Media, I really need you guys today. It's a technical series, so I need 
people to be exposed to the scriptures so they can go back and think and reflect. So this is like a fundamental theological aspect of the Christian faith. And we have a disadvantage in Africa because most Africans carried over their traditional mindset into Christianity. So they try to fight the devil the way Amadio was fighting Shongo. Right? So, are you getting that? Look at what Jesus said. Let's read together. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19 now. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by some of you didn't read it like he was talking about you you read it as if you are reading a distant story long long ago come on you need to read it as if this is you read it again with boldness and confidence and clarity come on I wanted to please read it as it is again because some people read certain things that was not in the text. For example, some people said all the words powers is not the powers. All the power. The same power that he tries to use every time which is the power of deception. Are we here now? In other words, he walks that deception. He can walk into a disease. He can walk it through into discouragement. He can walk it into destruction. We're going to look at, at tactics shortly. But you must understand this. Now, when was Jesus saying this? When was Jesus saying this? When was this? Where was this? Before resurrection, before crucifixion or after crucifixion? Aha. Be confident though, please. When was Jesus talking about this? Before he even died. <laughs> Before he even said, I've collected the keys of life and death. He was saying, this devil that is disturbing everybody right now, before I even die, I'm giving you authority. Oh my word. That means that the devil's entry into the earth was never a victorious or triumphant entry. It was the fall of somebody who lost his job. The music director in heaven allowed pride in his heart. And when he came on earth, he did not land on earth as a celebrity. Stop celebrating the works of the devil in your life by paying more attention to him than to God. Hey, hey, now wow, we don't even know what the devil is doing. Well, you might not know what the devil is doing, but do you know what God is doing? Because I can assure you under God, everything the devil is doing is still going to help accomplish the purpose of God. I'm dealing with the mindsets now. Please help me look for three, but tell them, tell them you may be hearing this for the first time, but open up your hearts. 
open up your spirit open up your soul open up your mind open up I, I, I don't want to remain seated I want to please get out of your seat because some of you have been seated for quite a while and tell somebody you might not understand it but receive it receive it by faith receive it in the spirit receive it by the Holy Ghost receive it by God receive it receive it say the devil is on a leash the devil is on a rope the devil it's not your boss it's not your boss guys don't be quick to remove the texts don't be quick to remove the text I need the text we need don't you guys need the text throughout the week do you see the word of God on any screen as big as this so give us the text See, let me also tell you something. You know the devil, he doesn't want to read the text. He wants you to operate on false energy. Man-made enthusiasm. That lacks the power to deal with deception. How many of you know that when you feel very excited, you can be deceived into thinking you are strong? (laughs) So you know all these things I'm doing, I'm preaching and dancing and jumping and singing new songs and sounds and dramatizing and everything. Check me out around 8.30 p.m. this evening. My body is like exhausted. <laughs> right? Slept late, woke up early, preached, using different components of my mind. But whilst I'm here, I don't feel tired. Right? It's like I've never been your body before. I'm not sitting in you, I'm sitting in Christ. I don't feel tired. Why? Excitement is giving me a false sense of physical energy. In other words, I'm physically strong, and I believe that by God's grace, I'm stronger than most people are in terms of endurance and capacity, possibly, right? But many times, I'm not as physically strong as my hormones make me feel. And what gets your hormone pumping is excitement or eagerness. So the enemy has a way of causing the believer's hormones to be high. But if that believer has high hormones, but it lacks deep knowledge, one tripwire is gone. That's why somebody can be in a camp meeting or a glorious meeting, a powerful service, the anointing is up. Three days later, they are fornicating. Why? What keeps you from fornication is not excitement. In fact, that can drive you more to it. Is knowledge, the knowledge of the truth. Are we here? This was before. Bimga, do you love this? Because I know you love the word. I know you love somebody too, amen. <laughs> you're trying to cough when you're not kiss Daniels. Now, this is one of the exciting things, Pastor Moses. Check this out. Jesus had not died. Jesus had not gone to the grave. But they said, as I did, so I'm giving you authority. Because watch this now. The authority he gave them here. This is going to bless somebody. Are you blessed already? Behold, I give you. Not I will give you. I give you authority. What's the authority I'm giving you here? To do what? Do you trample on something that is above you? No. What do you trample on? Somebody says beneath me. Don't let your voices be muffled. 
If you're on the mainland, shout, it's beneath me, it's beneath me, it's beneath me. Every walk of the wicked, every walk of the enemy, every scheme, manipulation, oppression, harassment of the wicked one, beneath me. Can you get about it? You sit everybody everywhere, mainland and island, and tremble, and tremble, and tremble. Say, it is beneath me. You're wearing heels, please trample with caution. Let's not turn into a healing service. Heal in service. Please be seated. Trample on what? Serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. When he's speaking about serpents, there's not talking about natural snakes, even though they can be included if they're violating the will of God. Because we see that in the life of uh, Paul, when he got on the island of Malta and they began to gather sticks and one viper came out of the woodwork and wrapped itself around his hand. Then the Bible says people were looking at him and saying, oh, this man is just going to swell up and die. Because they knew that kind of serpent. And they knew that anybody that the serpent locked itself on was going to swell up and die. But the Bible says, while they were waiting for him to die, that he shook off the Yakubala. He shook off the serpent into the fire. And when he shook off the serpent into the fire. Guess what happened? He did not die. It was the serpent that died. It was a natural event, but it was a prophetic picture for the New Testament believer that even when you're on a lonely island, when you've survived the breaking of sheep and the splitting of boats and a viper, a walk of the weekend wrapped itself around you, you can shake it off into the fire of God's word and say, no, I'm not going to drop down and die. You are going to die. This fornication will not kill me. I will kill it. I will live beyond this harassment this mental depression this mental health complication this doctor's diagnosis is not going to break me down I'm going to break it down who are those I'm talking to somebody shake it off and throw it into the fire say the hustle is real but my victory is more real my dominion is more real my power is more real God's grace at work in me is more real if you believe it give the Lord a hand clap and shout if you can Trample over the power of the enemy and nothing shall buy harm you. So look at this. Mark 16, 15, Matthew 28, verse 19. He comes and says, I've given you all. He says, no, he said, all authority has been given to me. Never on earth, all authority. So here he's saying the authority I've given you is over the works of the devil. At the end of his assignment, it says all authority. So here, as man who had not sinned, Jesus, as man who had not sinned and man who had never died, he had more authority than the devil. As man. Not as resurrected man. Precious, do you get it? This is very significant. Does this actually get this? Do you know why it's significant? First hustle that we see in the Bible, the devil was trying to hustle the throne of God. God cast him down. Was trying to hustle God's throne because he wanted God's glory. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 tells us that. Tell us that. God cast him down. Now, he comes down to the earth. And then, of course, we know the tempter precedes the temptation. So that means that the devil who is the tempter already lost his position before Adam was given his position. So, who's uh, richer? 
The hustler or the one that the hustler wants to hustle? Who's richer, the thief or the owner? Who was the owner of Eden by God's delegation? Adam. So who was the hustler? The devil was the hustler. That means that Adam was already above the devil. Even in the Old Testament. So even though Jesus had not died, he had not done anything physically, he was saying as I am, may I have authority and I can give it to you. So once the authority he now gives us at the end of his assignment, this authority was now all access pass. In heaven, on earth, beneath the earth. And what did he say? Now this authority I've given you at the end of the age is not just to trample upon the works of the devil but it's also to partner with the works of God John 10 the devil comes to steal he comes to kill and he comes to create to, to destroy so Jesus said I've given you authority to stop the killing to stop the stealing and to stop the destruction but when you understand resurrection you don't just stop the stealing you can start the creation you don't just stop the killing you can start the resurrection you don't just stop the destruction you can start the construction so I'm not just here to stop the devil I'm here to start the move of God to start the purposes of God to give a new dimension to the glory of God in my generation I'm not just here to break generational curses and patterns I'm here to birth a new lineage of grace that Camille and Ronel and their own children and their children's children will say God bless grandpa P. Dams, come on somebody who started a new wave of creative intelligence, supernatural acceleration, a new wave of ministry that became the in thing in his generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come and look for two or three warriors and tell them you got the power. For those who are sitting down, apart from Precious who's carrying a baby, for those who are sitting down wondering, do you really believe you have the power? Are you really sure you have the power? Are you really convinced you have the power? If you look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, are you got the power? You have the power over every work, over every manipulation, over every witchcraft, over every family pattern over every divorce history over every separation tendency over every high blood pressure over every contamination in your bloodstream over every ancestral complication you have the power now what are you going to do with it he said trample upon it don't analyze it, trample on it don't try to glorify it, trample on it don't try to intimidate yourself trample Look at your neighbor, say, nothing do you. Where's Rosemond? Nothing do you. Are, are we getting this? This is important. So, look at what it then says, Dami, and I've taught this in mass life before, but let me teach for those who might be here for the first time. 
when God, when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he didn't say, now, just go and trample on the works of devil. And he said, no, there's better use to this authority. Go and make disciples. In other words, this power now gives you the ability not just to stop people from behaving like the devil, but to partner with God to raise sons for him. Are we here? Now, how many of you know that if you have this understanding, there are certain prayers you don't be praying again? You will give instructions. I'm not saying you won't pray intensely. You will. We'll pray intensely. And you pray for long as well. I'll, we'll talk about why it's important to pray for long. Because there's something called dunamis. It's power generation. You can't just put rice on a burning flame. I expect it to cook. So because you're on earth, there are conditionalities that also require time. And so certain investments need to be made in the earth realm to ensure that the power you have in the spirit is translated to manifest where are we here. It's good we're standing, so you encourage me to close, but can I, can I give you a few things? Let me just give you a few things. So, we've spoken about strategy, we've spoken about tactics. You may sit, sit for like five minutes. Once it's five minutes, everybody just stand. I'll get the message. Right. Because of pen, you're concentrating very deeply. You must have testimonies. Now, what are some of the names used for the devil? Because he's a hustler. He's a, he's a hustler. He's an anaconda. I was starting, and I, I'd seen it before. One of the words used for, now, what's the devil? Or who's the devil? Because as I was starting, I saw some people were saying the devil is a personification. So that's to give you an idea that he's not really a person. He is a person. He's not a personification. He's not a figure of speech. It's not an idea. He can be used as a figure of speech. He can be used. So, for example, when Jesus looked at Satan, Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was saying that thought came from the strategy room, the war room. Like some of you who have companies where you're a multinational and maybe you have a your headquarters in Paris or in Geneva or in Stockholm or something. When you receive a mail, there's a call. be like, oh, we've heard from Geneva. Right? We've heard from Abuja. We're waiting for Abuja to speak. What you mean? It's not the whole town you're waiting for. <laughs> it's not the whole city. It's instruction from that place. So the enemy or the devil can be used as a figure of speech, but it's not a figure of speech, it's a person. Started out as Lucifer, was cast down, lost dimensions or aspects of his glory and beauty, of his light, of course, because we know the first Corinthians says that he can appear as a messenger of light. You don't need to appear as something you currently are. But it still knows how to manipulate elements. Uh, what's this word? If PLT was physically here, she'll remind me. There's this word they use in all those uh, sci-fi movies when you're able to change your being. Ship, ship shifting. Thank you very much. That's it. It's called pardon. Ship shifting. Ship shifting, right? 
Yeah, which means that now that's that's in their minds a fictional concept, but it's a real concept. How do we know it's a real concept? Because the Bible says that some of you have entertained angels without knowing. So a certain class of angelic beings are given with the pre-installed ability to shapeshift. Listen, please. This is the reason it may sound like a joke, but some human beings have slept with demonic spirits. Yes. Because those demons can take up... So for some people who start struggling with certain levels of lust or anger, I'm talking about disproportionate levels that's in the kind of lust that I want to sleep with the cow, with the goat, with the donkey, with maize, with corn, with kulikuli. <laughs> anger that nobody can stop you from. Sometimes it's not just the fallen human nature. Sometimes the spiritual influence that was deposited. And even though the believer cannot be possessed in the spirit, there can be a pre-installation in the soul realm that kicks in under certain conditions. And so the believer says, Ah, me, Moyawereo, ah, me. Not me. Ah, me, Konomalo, Konomalo. And then the person is so angry, they use their fist to break a wall. They're like, ah, that's the way. That's not the way. In the beginning, it was not so. So cast out some demons. All right. So I started checking. The devil is a person, a real person. Started as Lucifer became uh, the devil. Now, the word for devil is diabolos. Diablo. Diabolos. Diabolos. You know parabolos or parabalo, which is to throw beside. So bolos is to throw or cast or move. Dia is from where you have diameter. That's through. So diabolos is to throw through. The devil is the one who's always trying to throw a wheel through your spanner. Sorry, a spanner in your wheel. In other words, in Yoruba, it's called basije, the one that spoils the feast. So anytime there's anything good or anything God, he's the one that wants to throw through it. That's why the Bible, when it speaks about the armor of faith in uh, Ephesians 6, he says, and take the shield of faith, wherewith you be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Why? What do you do with the darts? You are trying to throw through. And if you've played darting before, anybody playing darting? Now, what does it mean to dart? What does it mean to dart? To move past quickly. That's what the devil has been doing. Ezekiel, we see the word says he was walking to and fro, back and forth amongst the fiery coals in the presence of God. So when he fell to the earth, he's the same thing he's still doing. He is wired to go back and forth. Come on. How do I know? In our text, he says, Your adversary, the enemy, goes what? To and Bro, in Job chapter 1, when God said, where have you been? He said, I've been. The guy's an irregularistic guy. What? One Catholic. Are you getting that? And he wants to pull on people's liver. So he's like, I will never walk alone. He wants to get people to walk with him. Oh, can I talk now? Confidence, are you, have you had it? <laughs> are we here? Now, how do I know it's back and forth? Because after I tempted Jesus, the word says that he left him for. Why? Because when he goes 
back and he's gonna come back. Anything you overcame in your life, another round is coming. But it's not gonna meet you on the level it met you the first time. So Diablo, which means to throw through. Another word is slanderer. How does he do this? He throws through by slander, which means he uses words that are not true. And he throws through by accusation. That's why it's called the accuser of the brethren. So let me give you a couple of things. Number one is called the tempter. First is the Lord of the three verse five. He's the tempter. Number two is the wicked one. Matthew 13, 19 and 38. Number three, he's the accuser of the brethren. Revelations 2 verse 10. He's called the God of this age. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. The God of this age. And number five is called the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2 verse 2. And 2 Corinthians. Just take a picture of this. Thank you, media. Ephesians 2 verse 2. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14. So what are the tactics? Take the picture real quick. What are the tactics talking about the strategies? I'm going to close with this. Give us the, the tactics. The list of tactics. That's family. What does he want to do? Yes, this is all the devil. Well, not all, but the bulk of what he's trying to do in your life. He's trying to attack the F's with the D's. Yeah. So your focus, you're trying to concentrate. He will throw somebody through or something through. Faith, he wants to bring what? Discouragement. Focus, he fights your focus with distraction. He fights your faith with discouragement. He fights your family with division. He fights your fellowship with disunity. He wants to fight your flesh, your physical body with disease. And he wants to fight your finances with depletion and your future with despair. But somebody shout, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. Somebody shout, I've, I've exposed him, I've exposed him. Somebody shout, I know what to do. I am victorious, I'm an overcomer. The hustle is real, but my victory is more real. The hustle is real, but my authority is more real. The hustle is real, but my glory, the glory of God upon my life is more real. Let's pray with John 14 verse 30. I said you should stand. See, I'm more mindful. See this, John 14 verse 30. Let's close with this. I will no longer talk much with you. This is Jesus speaking. For the ruler of this world is coming. And what? He has nothing in me. He's the ruler of this world, but he can't rule this. He should just rule that out. Why? Jesus is saying, the devil has nothing in me, so he can't control me. He can't manipulate me. Lord, we thank you for revelation. Has anybody received revelation today? You can pray in the spirit. You can pray in the spirit. On the mainland, on the island, you can pray in the spirit. I'll pick it up from here on Wednesday, midweek service online. Don't forget to join us online on Zoom and YouTube. The ruler of this world is coming. He goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
but he has nothing in you because God lives in you God's glory is in you God's ability is in you God's power is in you God's faith is in you God's glory is in you somebody I wish you would pray with more conviction with more intensity and more fire wish you will focus fiercely as you make those words and declare the sounds the devil is under my feet he has nothing in me I'm victorious I'm an overcomer I'm victorious I'm an overcomer I'm victorious I walk in glory I walk in power my focus is unbroken my faith is undeterred. My family is undivided. My fellowship is united. My finances are prosperous and abundant. My future is secure. As we navigate the heavenly realms of prayer and thanksgiving, we are victorious. Lord, we release the spirit of grace and glory over this house, over your sons and your daughters daughters you will continue this messages in our hearts in our thinking you will continue this in our consciousness in our contemplation you will continue this oh god and every turn we will see brighter see clearer see more and would we'll agree with what we see we'll agree with what we see we'll agree that you have lifted us above and that we are not beneath this week we trump the devil and his devices we trump the temptations the distractions the overwhelm the fatigue the discouragement the depression we trump all of that we trample upon snakes and scorpions over every work of the devil thank you lord if there's anyone here with a critical need for a divine release in any area of your life just raise your hand where you are lord i proclaim freedom I speak freedom. I speak freedom right now, right now, from every exploitative spirit of weakness, infirmity, confusion. I speak freedom, a release of grace and glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout like you have the victory. Clap like you have the victory. Operate in the victory. You may be seated. And as you're seated, look to two neighbors. Tell them you really do have the victory is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.